So I've just spent a uh, full day yesterday, Sunday, uh, in the barns doing my first uh, full day in-person workshop in, well, since before COVID, so three years, which is incredible. Basically, I hadn't taken on board when my daughter was at college because all my children have been home educated how important weekends become when you have a child in mainstream education. So although I've done in-person retreats every October, it's my it was my first sort of full day workshop. And I just wanted to share a little bit about what we did um, because having taken a break for so long, it was really fascinating to come back. So basically the barns is um, some barns that I rent very close to my house. And the theme for the day was power animals and spirit guides. But the intent is always set loosely because I feel with any sort of shamanic work, um, we experience what we most need to experience, which isn't always the intention that we set. So the intention is set quite loosely. So when we first gathered, and there was eight of us in total, there were some um, students that I've been working with for really quite some years. And then there were some people that I work with on a more one-to-one -one basis. So we had a little bit of a discussion about what a power animal and a spirit guide is. And then my main focus for this Barnes was to test out different ways of supporting somebody in in entering an altered state of consciousness and to see um, what worked and what worked well, what didn't work, if anything didn't, and to get feedback from people. Because the beauty of a full day is that I, I did three separate journeys in three separate ways and could really get a feel with who liked what, how people experienced it. And I listen. I would say the most important things about my shamanic practice is listening to people's experiences and better understanding what I do by taking on board the feedback. So I open sacred space. Um, when I open sacred space, I first of all call upon the Sky Father and I ask for him to inspire us. I call upon the Earth Mother and I ask for her to let us journey where we need to go. I invite in the spirit guides. Um, I ask the spirits of the place if we may work there. And I then call the ancestors in, stand around us. So that's my, I don't call on the quarters. Um, this is just a way that I've developed that really works for me. When it comes to opening sacred space, I think what's, what matters is that however you do it, whether it's with a, a simple word or a gesture or whether you call in the quarters, what matters is not the words that you repeat. It's the intention that you hold in your heart and that it works for you. And it's better to do something a little bit kooky and a little bit strange that works than to follow somebody else's beautifully written piece and it not work. And I will never forget years ago, I went to a event held by a chaos magician and he opened sacred space by calling on the four Teletubbies. And the weirdest thing is it worked. And what he was saying is it was the power of his intention that was holding sacred space rather than the words he actually said. So I opened sacred space. And the first journey was just a gong bath. That was it. It was, some people sat, some people lay, 
and I literally just used my gong. I think it was about 45 minutes. wasn't too rigid on the timing. I just gonged. Now, the people that have been working with me for quite some time were able, as I am able to, to take themselves off on a journey to the sound of the gong. And so some of the people there had astonishing stories of going up trees and meeting guides and otters and ancestors and all such things, they and Odin, and they were able to use the sound to trigger the altered state of consciousness and journey in a map that we've created ourselves through endless working and come back with a really amazing experience. And even though I was holding space for the group, that's exactly what I did. I went off on a journey myself. I was very much working um, with Freya, Val Freya in particular, and there was this element where she felt as if I had shielded myself, as if I had um, thrown, um, almost, it was almost like an amniotic sack, but this, this kind of cover over me and just keeping myself very small and very tight, and very closed. And she literally pushed her sword into it and sort of tore it asunder. And it was quite a dramatic moment I wasn't particularly comfortable with it but when she did when she took off this sort of limiting belief I think you could translate it as the whole of my soul space was so much brighter and so though it was deeply uncomfortable I was very glad of it some people in the group really just experienced the gong as a very healing uh, journey they didn't really necessarily see much but they felt clearer lighter and more relaxed after the gong and some people had deeply what I would call embodied experiences which is that they could really feel their body they could feel elements of their physical self that was perhaps tense or tight or needed releasing and had much more of a physical experience of hearing the gong feeling the gong so that was really fascinating for me to hear the wide range of people's experiences. And when it comes to shamanic work, one of the things I'm really keen for is if you read a book and, and it just, you know, you expect to see things or you expect to meet a, like a power animal or a spirit guide and your experience doesn't match what the author expects of you you may feel that you're failing when in fact you may just perceive the non-physical world in a different way so having the conversation and hearing how differently everyone experienced the gong I think it's really validating so that was the first journey. The second journey was really fascinating for me. I wanted to go old school. I wanted to go back to my roots, back to what I was taught, back to basics. So it was a classic path working journey. I did use the drum, which perhaps isn't, you know, I, I, when I first was doing this, there was no drum. It was just the teacher's voice and then the silence and then the teacher's voice back. But I, I did use my drum. And the journey is very simple. We And it's the journey that we almost always use for our lead pathworking work. It's just that the way I was taught was to do it really short. That the journey is, you know, five minutes maximum. Whereas usually in my barns, they're like 20 minutes, half an hour. So 
I had the group, I was drumming, we start in the comfortable room, we set the intention, which is to meet a spirit guide, we see a door, we use the, the, the tear rune, um, where tear is a god very much associated with truth and honesty. Open the door, go through, close the door, take the group through this uh, wooded tunnel. Um, there'll be a journey very similar to this on my, my webpage if you, if you want to give it a go yourself. We get to a threshold, pause, step over the threshold in a sacred space, tree in the centre of the sacred space. This is your tree, your world tree, your Yggdrasil. And then because it's a, a fulia or a spirit guide journey, you hear a noise, you turn around and then I just drum and each person experiences what each person experiences. Because I was doing this specifically more traditionally, instead of drumming for sort of 15, 20 minutes, I, I did drum just for a few minutes and then brought people back the same way, reconnect your tree, cross threshold, woodland tunnel, open the door, close the door, back to the room. What was really, really interesting about this is, I mean, everybody, whereas with the gong, those with um, experience of working with me were able to get a really clear journey. Those without the experience of working with me experienced more of an embodied or healing journey. With the more structured lead journey, everybody had some experience of something at the treat that was relevant to them. But my regular students who are not used to being called back so early had some really interesting experiences. And this is not my place to share anyone's personal experiences. But there were some real growth moments from my clients where they they realized, fuck, she's bringing us back. I haven't done what I want, what I want to do. I'm going to have to do it differently. Oh, my God. And then there was this like, I didn't realize I could do that. So putting the pressure unintentionally on my regular students who are much more used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, we've got like 20 minutes here. I'm just going to chill. I'm going to just take my time. Suddenly they had to use different techniques and were really surprised that they could. I'm sure they could all along. They just hadn't had the urgency. So that was fascinating to me. And I was, I really, you know, it was a real reminder to me that the need to change the pace sometimes, shake it up, mix it up, do things differently. So if you're listening to this and you're in my barns, we're going to be doing some shorter journeys sometimes to sort of put that urgency there. And then the last journey, which I was really interested, I was really, really fascinated to hear what people would experience. I blended my three main tools. So my three main tools are the gong. It's a one of the planetary gongs. It's Neptune. My drum and the chanting. The chanting is um, it's a it's a Nordic technique. That I, I use a lock, which is a chant, to create an altered state state of consciousness. The side. So tradition traditionally, that's the lock side. So I drummed and I led the group through the same journey: room, door, tier. Um, tunnel, threshold, tree, hear a noise, turn round. And at this point, I drummed. <clears throat> and then I'm really, I'm, I'm journeying myself. I had quite a fascinating experience myself with um, 
sort of um, experience with Frey and Odin, as so often is, but very empowering this time. It felt really uplifting and empowering. And then there just came a point when I stopped drumming and I think I gonged first. I, can't, I was very much in the moment, so I can't remember, but gonged, just gonged for a while, just gonged and gonged and gonged. And then I chanted and the chant, like I say, the gong and the chant may have been the other way around. I was very much experiencing the journey and trying to feel in to what was right for the group. The chant I used was Man Oman, which um, in my tradition is the sound of Freya's rune. I chose it quite unconsciously. It wasn't something that I had planned. But to me, Marn is about change. So Freya to me represents the moon and the shoreline and the water as it rushes through the river or down the stream. It is moving water, where, where water, moving water meets land. And Freya is all about change. And she's goddess of, of magic and side as well. So it was a very gentle chain uh, chant, just encouraging people to let go and change, to go with the flow, to surrender to the experience. And then there came a time when I went back to drum and then I called people back to the tree and drummed them back to the room. And I wasn't sure. I mean, I didn't know whether it felt like everybody was deeply connected to the journey. I can usually feel somebody's having a really bad time or if somebody is um, losing themselves too deeply in the journey. I can usually feel where people are in the journey. And it felt to me like everyone had had a good time. But this is the really fascinating thing. Firstly, everybody had felt that the blending of the different tools led to a deeper experience than one tool on their own. So bingo. If you work with me regularly, you can expect this to happen some more. Those people that had really um, immersive journeys in the first two journeys tended to have a more healing experience this time. I didn't really go anywhere, but I, I feel really rested. Or I'm not sure what happened, but something happened. And yeah, you know, so there was this sort of like it was healing. I just let go. I don't really, I'm not entirely sure what happened, but I, I think I needed it. And those people that had found the first gonging more healing and relaxing tended to have the most intense experience on the blended journey. And I think it is just experience and differences that um, perhaps people who are less work, used to working with me in person needed the original gonging kind of let go and integrate into the group whereas those people are really who are really used to working with me in person by the time of the last journey they'd done what they needed to do and so they just enjoyed the um experience of the healing and so it was really fascinating for me and then it's me so we finished by coming together as a group and doing the more traditional lockside chant where we chanted as a group and for me this is a really beautiful experience it really kind of brings everybody together as a group there's a very um a really connecting feeling and i think it just kind of clears any blocks and it really energizes and i often think it sort of sinks in 
any experiences and healings. And, you know, I learned so much. And I think for me with, you know, with power animals and spirit guides, it is a, it is a lifetime's journey. And it always intrigues me when people say, oh, you've got a job, you've got, got a workshop on, on spirit guides. Yeah, I know who mine is. So, you know, you're doing any other workshops? And it's like, well, yes, but, you know, you, it's, you never stop learning about your guides. I'm endlessly fascinated by my guides. And some of the people that were there, they were there five years ago. This time they experienced their guides in different ways. Or some people experienced different sorts of guides. It is, you know, for me, working with our spirit guides, it's like a family relationship. It takes time, it takes effort, and it's often changing in subtle ways. And my whole focus on shamanics is what I call slow the slow path. It's about taking part, whether it's with me, whether it's on your own, whether it's with someone else, it's about taking part in shamanic praxis you know, month in, month out. There is no um, formal curriculum. There is no formal certificate. It is about experiencing your shamanic path on a regular basis. It's this slow shamanics. To me, um, living shamanically is not about reading a book or, you know, completing a curriculum. It is about integrating into your daily life and that's where the magic happens. So it was a really fascinating weekend, far deeper than I'd expected, um, far more empowering than I expected. And in fact, today I treated myself to a, uh, a session with a medium. It's not something I do often. Uh, she was recommended by a friend. And um, partway through the session, she just said that she could hear singing or chanting. She said she could feel the beat of the drum. And she said that there was just this beautiful energy emanating off me. So I mentioned, you know, the barns and what we did. And she just sat there for a minute. She said, I can feel it. I can feel it emanating off you. And that's what the barns does to me. It fills me up in the most beautiful energetic way possible and I'm immensely grateful for that space and those people.